Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. And, of course, the Brain, Emily Merkel. Beautiful. All right, how are we doing, guys? guys? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Wow, that was like three syllables. <laughs> you feel, you're really feeling good, huh? Em, how you feeling? Great. You doing good? All right, guys, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start out locally here, and we're going to talk about the new offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Daryl Bevel, uh, former Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, as, as well as former Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator back when they had Brett Favre. Um, just off the top... The big thing for me, just initial impressions were a little bit out of left field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who I think, when you truly look at what he does best, really fits the Matt Patricia scheme, right? Um, just start off for me, what what do you think of the hire of Daryl Bubble? And like we said, we Steve Sharkeesian was kind of rumored. He went back to Bama. Nathaniel Hackett was rumored. He went to the Green Bay. He kind of came out of left field. Is this something surprising, or based off what you kind of read about him, it, is, is it kind of a good marriage? I think it could work. I mean, I think it fits with Patricia's scheme. I think with the addition of a little more of a run game that yep. the Lions have, I think it's yeah. good to have an OC who has a little more experience having a semi-run-driven offense. Right. But also... My only request for Lions offense is to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. And and that's like and right. it sounds and like he does that. From yeah. what I can gather, he, exactly. he throws it farther. So <laughs> so use Matt Stafford's arm and pass the line of scrimmage. Well and, and that's the thing though, right? Is and he, he is a run first kind of guy, right? Which is what even Bob Quinn said it, Patricia said it, where they want to be balanced and they want to have a more effective run game. So if Carry on Johnson fantasy owners is probably gonna be a really hot commodity next season. Um but and you're right, Em. It's there's no. I don't think it's as much dink and dunk down the field, and I think it's going to be more downfield shots, mm-hmm. which would be good for Marvin Jones, be good for Galladay, whoever third receiver they probably come in and get um, relatively soon here. But I think that I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's a, I think it's a good marriage there, Mike. What what did you think of the hire? Did you like the hire? Yeah, I didn't have any problems with it mm-hmm. at first. Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess we just have to see like right. how these how he actually calls the games. Right, of course. But when you look at what he did, at least with Seattle, mm-hmm. um, one problem I had with the Lions with Jim Bob was they never motioned. The Lions right. actually right. were 30th in percentage of plays that they motioned. Right. They would only average, they average about 17% of their plays they motioned. Right. Where Which Bevel, is a big thing in the NFL now, yeah, right? The misdirection. And all that stuff. That's why Kansas City is always so explosive and everything because right. they just throw Tyreek wherever right. they want Right, are forcing the defense into positions and, and making those adjustments on the fly that they may not be mm-hmm. ready for. And Bevel, according to... Um, ESPN, he does it about 42% of the time, right. which is fourth highest in the NFL right now. Right. So if you can add in some of that misdirection stuff, absolutely, and if you can actually just get some good running plays, mm-hmm. actually, instead of going to second and 12, you right. can move it up to like second and six, second right. and absolutely. five. Absolutely. I mean, on a consistent basis, and then I wouldn't mind it. However, I do, I'd rather see more of a passing game right. because... Stafford's one ability, I believe truly, is his arm. Yeah. He has such a strong arm and everything that I don't know why... Like, why you want to take the ball out yeah. of his hand. I agree with you. I think the biggest thing... Uh, the You made two really good points there. Number one, the ability to start off a drive and be able to run the ball effectively for a positive gain, right? Three-plus mm-hmm. every time. You know yeah. what I mean? That's something where the consistency factor from an offensive line that needs to start gelling, which needs to be healthy, carry on Johnson coming back... 
that those two things I think will help the offense immensely because like you said instead of second and 12 or even second and nine it's second and seven mm. second and six yeah. second and five now you're ahead of the sticks or that I think that opens up your playbook that much more to say okay now we're at second and five all right we can take something a little bit more down the field right yeah. even if we don't get it third down what's manageable rather than third and nine where okay now we got to dial up something where the defense knows and they can pin their ears back and rush the quarterback exactly you know what I mean so I think that that's an excellent point I do agree with you that uh, that it's definitely probably an upgrade, right? I think we can all kind of agree that it's an yeah, upgrade over well, Jim Bob, right? I think offensive coordinators, after a certain amount of time, I think it's just time to move on. And I think that's kind of what happened with Bevel. I think it's kind of what happened with Jim Bob, honestly. It, it worked for about a season and a half, two years, yeah. and it, it kind of faded. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I, I think the biggest thing that Lions fans really need to take, take into consideration here is a couple things. Number one, just because the Lions hired this guy, does not mean he automatically sucks. Please get out of that mentality. I'm talking directly to each and every one of you. Stop it, okay? It's not It's not how this works. I know there's so many Lions fans out there that are beaten down by this premise that we're never going to win, they're never going to win, we're always going to be just a, a game out or this, that, an opportunity away, one player away, right? It's it's okay, all right. It's and it's and I don't think necessarily it's the splashy hire, right? Mm-hmm. But I am extremely glad that they did not go to the Sean McVay coaching tree, which at this point, ladies and gentlemen, might as well not be a tree, might as well be a half a branch, because everybody that's coached under Sean McVay the past two years has been hired to be an offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach, right? Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, who we'll talk about here in a minute in our next topic is going to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Matt LaFleur is now the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. John Filippo was the offensive coordinator uh, for Minnesota last year and already got fired. So you look at all these people that, you know, all these quote-unquote young, hot, upstart guys that have been pulled off that coaching tree, they haven't really had the success, you know, or haven't had success yet mm-hmm. that, that you can really attest to. But I'm glad they didn't go in the New England tree either, right? They didn't go with somebody who they immediately thought would, you know, come in and run a New England type system, whatever that is, because it always seems to change week to week. It's not a guy that they're necessarily familiar with. So I appreciate the fact that for me, it felt like a true hire, like a true vetting process to where they actually went through, they did some stuff where they, they evaluated their options, they had a scheme, and they thought, okay, what what do we want to do? What kind of team do we want to be? Mm-hmm. And then because of that, what what you know what I mean? And find a guy who excels at that. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that's a I think that's a huge huge thing. Best possible case scenario for this offense moving forward. I mean, we we know that Bevel. I think five out of like the eleven five out of the eleven years or five out of the nine whatever he had a top five you know rushing attack right. They've yeah. always been probably top half of the league overall offensively mm-hmm. as a whole and points and what have you. Top ceiling, right for this for this offense. Is it you know? Is it you know fifteen hundred rushing yards on the team? Is it you know? What I mean, Stafford goes Brett Favre a few you know you know quite a few years ago now from Minnesota yeah. where they has forty touchdown passes. What what's the ceiling for him, Mike? I mean, the ceiling is with the roster that they have now. Realistically, I think their ceiling is as high as like being one of the best offenses in the league. Right. However. I think a realistic ceiling is at least getting that rushing game up because real like the passing offense mm-hmm. has never really, except for this year as an anomaly, has never really been the an problem. Issue. Right? Like with Scott Linehan, they threw for tons of yards. Yeah, we didn't win anything. Yeah, like we right. could always throw. We yeah. never really had problems with throwing the ball. Stafford's consistently at mid to high four thousand yard seasons right. and everything. So that's never been. It's always been the rushing game, mm-hmm. and with the increased rushing game, I think our total as a 
offense, mm-hmm. our ceiling can be very high, as even as in top ten. Right. And, and, and what do you think? What, what do you think the ceiling is for this team? Because a lot of people, right, have said, okay, this guy wants to run the ball, so let's take the – we're not paying Matt Staff for $27 million to run the football, where I, I know that we've had conversations before where it goes and says, yes, you're right, but what you are paying Matt Stafford for is when that running game isn't at its best – right, to make plays down the field and to allow somebody to come in and really cultivate a running game to insulate Stafford, to let him, like Wink is saying, will do what he does best, which is on the fly, gunsling, be, you know what I mean, running those hurry-up two-minute offenses. So what's the ceiling for this for this offense? The, I, the ceiling is wherever they put it. Like, you can achieve almost anything. I think having a more full offense right. more is probably, balanced, right? yeah. yeah, more full, filled-out, balanced offense is probably key. I like. I don't understand football fans. Sometimes I guess I am a football fan, but right. with their like, and Detroit fans in particular, it's always like one person's fault. It's always like one person. Like it's always like yeah. Matt Stafford. Like if right. he's not throwing the football or if he screws up throwing the right. football, the whole game. If they lose it, it's Matt's fault. And I get that's kind of the role right, of quarterback of he's the leader. The quarterback, right? But if we're able to run and we're able to throw, right. then like. What's going to stop us? Well, like, that's, <laughs> well, and that's the fun. thing, too. And I think Lions fans need to understand this. That I've heard some people complain to me on Facebook and otherwise where they said, well, if this is the guy they were going to hire. Why didn't they hire him three weeks ago? And the answer to that is um, if they did, everybody would be clamoring, why didn't they do a proper process, right? Why didn't they go through the entire interview process and interview some of these guys for guys, you know, for teams that are still playing? I know Chad O'Shea, the wide receiver coach from New England, was highly touted as maybe the possible guy. But... There's a lot of things you can hate about this hire, but there's a lot of things you can like about it. And and I'm not so much a Lions apologist as I am more of a realist, and I look at it from both sides. Is it the most sexy hire they could have had? No, of course not. But he's called plays in big-time situations. He's won championships as an offensive coordinator. He nurtured Russell Wilson, right? He allowed. He's had a good rushing game. He's had good running backs under his tutelage, and they flourished underneath him. I think this is something to where, based off what Matt Patricia wants to do, control the game, six, seven-minute drives, keep that defense off the field so when they are on the field, they can make plays and be explosive and get off the field quickly, maintain ball possession and control the clock and limit an opposing teams' offense and you know limit their opportunity to score, I think is what Matt Patricia wants to do. Yeah. So I think we need to see it. But on paper, I understand it. And I think people need to kind of let it develop. Mm-hmm. We got three years, guys. Truly, that's a three-year uh, mini-rebuild process. You kind of got to see what's going to happen. listen, if you're going to go off of his one play on the one-yard line in that Super Bowl for how bad he is of a coach, right. come talk to me because I don't think it was that bad of a play. Well, here's the thing. If he makes it, if he makes it it's, a great it's the greatest call ever. No one ever sees it coming, right? Yep. And as you mentioned, right, Marshawn was like 0 for 5 Yeah, that he was year. 0 for 6 that year at the one-yard line. Trying to go in or right. getting a getting a yard on like a fourth and one third right. and one. There you go. So that's all I need. If you look at stats itself, throwing the ball is a better option. Absolutely. So come talk to me if you want. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Calling so. him out at oh. my at what is it? What's your what's your at uh, Mike Twitter? Merkel? Come tweet me out. We'll <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. So let's shift now. We're gonna stay in the NFL and we're going to talking about all the. We talked a couple weeks ago about all the coaches being fired. 
you know, and what teams we'd like to go to. Now we're actually seeing everybody get hired and replaced pretty quickly, honestly, mm -hmm. I would say. I, so yeah. let's just kind of, I'm just going to kind of roll down here who got hired where, just so you guys are all kind of in the loop. You had uh, the New York Jets hiring Adam Gase, who was an offensive coordinator guy that I won for the Lions, but he's a head coach there. <laughs> Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Freddie Kitchens going to Cleveland. He was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland, helped Baker Mayfield a lot, so seemed like a proper fit. Cliff Kingsbury going to the Arizona Cardinals, the former Texas Tech head coach, somebody that kind of was out of the radar, took an OC job at USC, now is coming here. Um, Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator from the Bears, is now the new Denver Broncos head coach. Matt Vlfleur is the new Green Bay Packers head coach. He was the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. That's going to go real well, hopefully, right? Um, and then Zach so. Taylor, the quarterback's coach for the Rams, is not officially hired because as of this recording, the Rams are still playing, so they can't hire him until then, but it's pretty much all set in stone at this point. He's going to be the new head coach of the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, help turn Andy Dalton around. And then Brian Flores, the linebacker's coach slash defensive play caller from the New England Patriots, um, is now going to go to the Miami Dolphins, a division opponent there. Once again, as of this recording, they're still playing, so he can't be hired, but it's pretty much all set in stone. Okay, now we got some business taken out of the way. Um, best fit. Okay, I just read I just read them all down for you guys. What's the best fit, you think, Mike, between coach and team? Um, I think Freddie Kitchens is probably up there for me for best fit. Okay. Because I think as the OC... He worked with Baker mm -hmm. for quite like I, I, what, all season. I right. Guess. Yeah. Well, he, he was the interim yeah. OC after Todd Haley got fired. Yeah. And the offense immediately got a lot better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so like you just you look at that and it's an offensive minded league anyway now. Right. So now you're like, hey, you did good with Baker. Mm -hmm. If you can keep developing him. Right. I mean, what? And I think it's a perfect fit actually. Right. Uh, absolutely. And that's what I guess they're hoping is that development. And what's the what's the what's the best fit? Best fit on teams, right? Because, like, you have, you know, Bruce Arians, a veteran guy who has taken over another veteran team in Tampa, right? Um, Vic Fangio, Denver's already got a good defense, so Vic Fangio's a really good defensive mind. Mm -hmm. That's another one that I think people really are interested in. As well as Adam Gase, you know, quarterback whisperer who's done great things with a lot of quarterbacks. I think he got a raw deal in Miami, never had Tannehill for a full season. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, I mean... What do you think? Just, just you know, off the top of your head, based off of some, because we've seen a lot of these guys, right? We've seen Bruce Arians for Adam Gase was in the division mm. for a minute. I mean, I think I, I, I agree with Mike. I like Freddie with the Browns. I also mm. like Adam Gase with the New York Jets. Right. I mean, they've had a little bit of a rough go right. over and there the, in the Jets. So right, I think and we talked about before too. They got they got a new quarterback last year, yes. right? So he's going to really mold, you know, mm -hmm. him into something. You're hoping, right? Well, yeah. no, I'm hoping that everyone's terrible and the Lions won a Super Bowl. But. <laughs> right, but no. if you're a Jets fan, though. But if right? I'm a Jets fan, then I'm hoping that. Right. I, would, I would love if the Jets can make the Super Bowl because maybe we can actually beat them. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Lions. Yes. Everyone is terrible. That would be the <laughs> least watched show, the Super Bowl ever. Jets versus Lions. Oh. No, what about Browns versus Lions? That would actually make people went watch because oh, it's like, oh my gosh, that's oh, like yeah. the craziest thing ever. You're the right. two worst franchises ever. So. But yeah. Are I, the Browns I, in our division? No, they're no, in the they're AFC, the AFC, but they're so. like the they're like the Lions of the AFC. Oh right, 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 right. I mean, they're the only other right. Like so I, I, I like I really like the the hire of uh, Vic Fangio to the Denver Broncos. Um, I also really like the Bruce Arians hire for a couple reasons. Bruce Arians, hell of hell of an offensive mind, right? The only reason why I think I prefer Vic Fangio over Bruce Arians in this situation is because he's not calling plays. He's hired Byron Leftwich to call the plays for him in Tampa. I don't know if that's really the best. 
fit. I, I mean, he's not not a ton of experience calling plays for Byron. I just for me that's a little bit, meh, a little bit. But I love Vic Fangio. His defense is phenomenal. It's always been phenomenal since he got to Denver. I think it's a huge loss for the Chicago Bears, so it's good for us Lions fans. And you have pieces there in Denver. You know what I mean? If they figure out the quarterback situation. I think Denver's back. Um, worst fit. Who's the worst fit? I have two choices. For okay, the worst two fit. fit. Two. Jeez. Two. Okay. I. I don't think Zach Taylor would be good for Cincinnati. Right. I just have, like, Cincinnati as a whole, I just like... The cl- it's a cluster, it's a cluster of, of a... Yeah, it's a, it's a cluster bleep of an organization. Yeah, right well, now. yeah, that's a fantastic way to put it. <laughs> but I just think that you have Andy Dalton there, who's not there. Right. And you don't have much talent, and he's... And the, you don't have a successor. Yeah, I, yeah, and you just like he's the quarterbacks coach for the Rams yeah, right now. He's not even calling plays, and he's not calling plays, and he's working with Jared Goff, who's in a great system right now right. under Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. So unless he can take what Sean McVay brought to the Rams and is able to duplicate that, which no somehow, one so far has been able to do. Yeah, so it's, it's very low success rate, as right. we would say here. Yeah. So I just don't think it'll work out, right. and I think he's going to be like a two two-year-and-out kind right. of guy. I think so, too. And I also think that Matt LaFleur for Green Bay... It's going to be a disaster. It's just going to be a, it's gonna be a, a disaster. train wreck. Are you wreck. so excited? No, I am, honestly. <laughs> I mean, and that was my pick, too. Yeah. Honestly, that was mine. It, it, the way I look at it and I see it, Aaron Rodgers is going to eat that young man alive. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just... It, Tennessee's offense wasn't very good this year. I get it. Mariota had some injury problems, right? But... Point being is this, a couple things. Number one, he's coming out the, the Sean McVay tree, but he's not Sean McVay. McVay's yeah. calling the plays. McVay is constantly in communication, right? That system is built upon one man, right? Yeah. It, it's it, it, it For me, it's just not a good fit. You've got a guy coming, he's got one year of play calling experience, who's now going to call plays for Green Bay, who you're expecting to take Aaron Rodgers to yet another level to get you where you need to be. The problem with that is is that Aaron Rodgers is going to look at this guy and he's just going to say, I'm going to run what I want at the mm-hmm. end of the day, right? I mean, he's the same age, for goodness sakes. So I don't know if that was the best yeah. situation. I, I, For me, it, it makes me happy because it's either going to go one way. It's either going to be really, really good for Green Bay where all of a sudden they're going to revolutionize everything they do there. Or it's going to be a total train wreck, and they're going to waste the last few years oh, of Aaron Rodgers' career where he's performing at such a level. And it's going to be a real shame, honestly. Mm-hmm. As a generic football fan, you can appreciate what Aaron Rodgers done, regardless of his personality off the field. He's one of the best of all time. But just because he's a dink off the field doesn't mean that you can't appreciate his dink. greatness. Yeah, exactly. Replace the end. And what's the worst fit? Um, I was going to go with Zach Taylor, um, but you guys always ask me last, so it always sounds like I'm copying off <laughs> I asked you one. first in the last topic. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Zach Taylor. I think, again, the, the Sean McVay mm-hmm. tree, um, just because... It's a just because Sean McVay's team is doing really well doesn't mean that, that everybody it's, else. Yeah, it's the result of all of the... Because cor- head coaches are funny to me. Sometimes I feel like they allow their OC and their defensive coordinator to kind of like have more space to call more plays. And then I yeah. think some a, yeah, really head depends. coaches are a lot more like, this well, is my team right. and I call the plays. And I think Sean McVay is a lot very hands-on. Mm-hmm. A little, little bossy. I, I know one, too, bossy. that we were talking about that you mentioned, too, was the Cliff Kingsbury one. Because I know you asked me, you were like, he got fired as the Texas Tech head coach, took a lesser position with another college team just to then become oh, yeah. head coach of the Arizona that. Cardinals. And you, and you were like, how does that work? And I went, it doesn't. It's the weirdest thing ever. No, yeah. But his never, name is really cool. Yeah, and I know. They're all up in arms about it. That's another one, too. If I wouldn't say Matt LaFleur, Cliff Kingsbury especially, I don't know if his offense is necessarily 
the new trend. That's what Arizona's trying to kind of get ahead of the curve almost with that offense. But you didn't have tons of success in Texas Tech, right? You had a sub-500 record there for like the seven seasons that he was there. And I don't know. For me, I get it. He worked with Baker. He's worked with some other quarterbacks where he went, wow, he's really awesome. But at the same time, I it, it Josh Rosen's not Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they're two different quarterbacks. You have nobody on offense besides David Johnson. Your defense is old, and everybody wants to leave. I'm honestly surprised that Steve Kime, the general manager, is still there. So I got one more question for yeah, you guys. This absolutely. is going to be off. We don't even have this on the paper right, right. now. So I'm going off the script a little bit here, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so have fun with this. We're one. going off the rails, guys. So so all seven of these teams did not make the playoffs this year. Great. So, if you had to choose one team with mm-hmm. this new hire yep. to make the playoffs, who would you pick? Well, that kind of does fit, you know, which team's going to benefit the most from their yeah. new from their new team. That, I'm going to say, honestly, I, I think it's a tie. I think Adam Gase and the New York Jets. I think you think that, they make the playoffs yes. next year? I think him with Sam Darnold, right, that combination, if they stay healthy, that defense is extremely underrated. They have tons of players, especially in that secondary. They've got some pieces defensively. I think if they can go get... A, if they can get a really good running back, and if they can get a really, like, if somehow they pull the trade out for, like, Antonio Brown or something crazy, which we'll talk about in part two of this episode, I think that transforms them, mm-hmm. and it really takes them. They might obviously might not win the division because New England's there, but I definitely think get that a takes card, a wild card and be dangerous. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mike? Um, I was more on the, I actually, I just got to say Cleveland Browns. Yeah, man, that's tough, it's, man. It's a tough one. And I would say it like this: I would have the most confidence betting them to make the playoffs because I think their division is an imploding. It's right kind now. of imploding. Right, like the Steelers right now is just kind of like wishy washy, and you, you don't know, know what Lamar is, and you don't know. Yeah, if if you can figure out a way to stop Lamar, then the Baltimore's not nothing, yeah, and Cincinnati's, and Cincinnati's just kind of out of there. Mm-hmm. So but I think Cleveland, weirdly enough, after two years right. after going zero and sixteen, could skyrocket and be the contending team. Yeah. In the, in the AFC North. Right. And what do you think? What what team benefits the most or makes a playoff run next year who didn't make it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Broncos have some talent. I think Absolutely. the addition of Vic Fan, Fangio. Yeah, Fangio. Fangio. Yeah. I do lots of reading. I don't do lots of listening. So saying <laughs> names out loud, I'm like, hold on, guys. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Vic Fangio, I think, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think, what, he pretty pretty defensive-minded yeah, defen- coach. Oh, yeah. And the, exactly. I think the Broncos, I mean, honing their defense in and really coming in and yeah. That's the strength of their team, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? They have Von Miller. They've got pieces in place already mm-hmm. in that secondary. They're always they're always looking. I think if they figure out, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. they figure out the quarterback situation, whether it's Case Keenum, whether they go draft a guy, whether they make a trade for somebody, whatever the, whatever the situation is, they have a couple holes there on offense where they really need to solidify that offensive side of the ball and let Vic kind of run the defense. You need a Wade Phillips of your defense for your offense in that yeah. situation. You know what I mean? My only problem picking Denver instead of other teams in this scenario right. is how strong their division is. Extremely and if hard. you were going in that situation, yeah. I just couldn't pick them because you have Kansas City and the Chargers there. Absolutely. So even Absolutely. winning your division is hard, but getting a wild card over one of those right. two but also like, I look tough. at Tampa. I don't think they're making it next year. No. I don't think Jameis no. is their guy. Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, us, Bears, that's a tough division altogether. Cincinnati out, and then Miami, you don't know if you have a quarterback there right now. So that, that to me, is where you kind of go. Yeah. Though I think if we and took Arizona's some of the other two, basically. yeah, we took the other two. I think M, I think you took, obviously, I think the third best option there. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here. Just a reminder. 
here. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play Music. We are on iTunes. We are everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we are on YouTube. Be sure to make sure to subscribe, like, comment on our YouTube channel, and make sure to be always paying attention to your Spotify, your iTunes feed, because every once in a while we come up with these quick hitter episodes like we did earlier in the week, talk about the ASC and NFC Championship games that are for podcast listeners only. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you go back and listen. Even if the games have already happened, we know we're right, so you might as well just go and listen and understand why we were right in the first place and why you were probably wrong. So go (laughs) ahead and uh, we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's your favorite member of the I'm Always Right team, Emily the Brain, coming to remind you uh, to check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. You can find us all at I'm Always Right, or our handle is I'm Always Right PC on all of the social media platforms. Hey guys, this is Rob also reminding you that we are now on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music, and YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and to look us up by typing in I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. That's the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and now YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, thank you for all the support. Now here's part two of this week's episode. And we're back. Thanks for listening to the commercial. We probably plugged all of our social media accounts all over again for you, just so you don't forget. All right, so we're going to now let's segue from some good news for some NFL teams to some maybe not so good news. Antonio Brown, this whole entire situation, has pretty much not said it, but might as well have said it. He's demanding a trade, right? He doesn't want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's taking them off their his Instagram, you know, and his Twitter and everything else. He's thanking the fans. He's being a real prima donna about it in a lot of ways, honestly. And I normally I would side with the players, but in this situation I feel like it's it's one of those weird situations where the, the numbers are still there, so I don't really understand what you have to complain about, you yeah. know what I mean, in, in that oh, regard. Um, and I'm going to start with you. Are are you shocked or do you kind of agree that are you shocked that Antonio Brown should be that wants to be traded or that more than likely he's going to be traded? Are you shocked by that? He's, the, he's probably top two wide receiver in the league right now. You know, I mean, you normally those kind of guys don't get traded like that. Are you shocked by that for any reason? Or just based off the story, you're kind of like, yeah, I get it. No, I mean, Antonio <laughs> Brown has a personality on him. He's yeah, got a little a bit of personality. And the Steelers are kind of like a little bit a little bit of a mess right now. Well, yeah, they're kind a of little a, bit little, of a mess. Right, the Le'Veon Bell situation, I mean, right? You know, he, they're a little bit of a mess, so I think Antonio Brown probably wants his, his chance. At, out? Yeah, a chance to get out. Right chance at a Super Bowl and with the Steelers yeah. being a mess and him being a little bit of princess you know I agree with yeah, you I yeah. told, I'm not like super surprised by the she's whole like thing. I like how she like needles it in there she's like they're kind of a mess stamp kind of uh kind of imploding a, bit, a oh, mess and <laughs> he's kind of a princess quote unquote stamp stamp <laughs> death by paper cut for sure on that one uh, Mike what do you think are you shocked by that are you shocked that he wants to leave such a historic organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I mean, everyone should be. Yeah, no, even I mean, Des Bryant had like the exact same thing. Right. Where like he'd always just, oh, you're not throwing me the ball enough. Oh, this, oh that, right. and I'm like, but your team's winning. Like I'm more of a team player right. than I would Absolutely. be like as an individual, and so like I I don't understand that side because mm-hmm. I'm not like that. Right. But I mean, he's just he throws. 
tempers on the sideline. He gets three touchdowns in game. He goes, that wasn't enough. Like, come on. Like, right, go with yeah, the ball board. Exactly. And I'm like. Well, do you think. Was, I don't know. What right. And normally, so, right. And I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of athletes will come out and say something to the situation of whenever the player has an issue, right, everyone takes the side of the team, right, mm-hmm. in any sort of situation, right? All of a sudden, your fan favorites can become, well, we don't really need you anyway, right? They kind of disprove that. I don't think that's the case here in Pittsburgh. I think that people appreciate the fact that Antonio Brown is a great player. They just don't understand why he's so unhappy, right? Yeah. And I think that's I no kind idea. of the confusion. He got paid. It's not like Le'Veon Bell where he didn't get paid. He got paid. He's the, he's getting his targets still. You know, I, I mean, I don't understand truly what the matter is as far as the production and everything. I mean, they're in the playoff until the last week of the season. So yeah. what else can you want? You know, I don't know. Should Lions make a run at them? There, there's been a rumor going around where a possible trade scenario where people kind of evaluated saying a first round, our first round pick this year, a third round pick, and Jalen Rees-Maven might get it done. I don't think that's enough if I'm Pittsburgh because you have the number eight overall pick. And if I'm the Lions... They have a propensity if they really want somebody, you know, like with the Gronks talk and everything where they said, you know, we're going to get the best of the best. Mm -hmm. If they did it, I don't necessarily think I'd be mad about it, but I sure as hell would be shocked. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if if I'm the GM, I would go, yes, I'm going to go trade Antonio Brown. And what do you think? I don't know. I mean, the the attitude, (laughs) the the attitude problem that we're seeing a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the Lions are trying to, yeah. Really brings go to the next level. So yeah, Antonio Brown is one of the best players. So like, would I be like completely mind blown? Yeah. Do I think it's the best move with new coaching staff, teams coming together trying to build to have someone who right. is that dedicated to having mm-hmm. a spotlight? And also, as we know, Stafford like, I feel like he's taken on more of a leadership role, but he doesn't have a super strong personality. So I don't know how him and Antonio Brown would like. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Calvin was very soft spoken, right? So you you really haven't had a guy, a diva, I guess is the best way, or you know, I mean, that Prima super Donna. major superstar who acts like a superstar. Mike, should they make a run at him? Um, I would say, and this ties into the first topic, I guess, is I think with Jim Bob Cooter's system, the scheme that he used to run, I think I would say yes. Yeah. But with what Bevel is probably going to do, I would probably say no. Okay. Because with the run-blocking scheme that he has, I like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones blocking over Antonio Brown blocking somebody. Right. And, to get down, and to get down the field, Marvin Jones <laughs> is one of the biggest, like, one of the best big play receivers going down the field. Right. And But if we were using Jim Bob Cooter's offense, it was all quick passes and right. stuff. Across the middle Across where the middle, he can run after he can, the catch. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's Absolutely. almost perfect for that. He's like a yeah. Golden Tate 2.0 yeah. in those words. So for that answer specifically, I would say, as of right now, since we got the new OC and everything, I would say no. I yeah. don't like the... Don't okay. Like yeah. So, now, I guess bigger question, too. We've seen some major players over the past little bit here get traded, get uh, released. Uh, you know what I mean? There's been a lot of high-profile, big-name players over the past couple of years. A, a severe influx of that. Tyron Matthew, Des Bryant, Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be a free agent this year. You know, um, Golden Tate just got traded. Khalil Mack got traded. You know, Antonio Brown's probably going to get traded. Jimmy Garoppolo got traded. Kirk Cousins was a free agent. A lot of Earl Thomas, yeah, be a free Earl Thomas is going to be right. So you have a lot of guys who have are staples mm-hmm. of their team, whether it's age or anything else, that have either been traded or let go. And I'm going to start with you. Why? Why is that? Is it 
is there a specific reason? Because I think I have a reason why, but I want to hear what you guys have to say first, see if we're all kind of aligning here. But why do you think that so many of these quote-unquote star, big-name players are being cut, released, or traded? I mean, I think there's. I think teams are really focusing on honing what they need and mm-hmm. where they need to fill in. Um, and I think that managing cap space Absolutely. has become become like a like really big. I think some of these trades. I mean, where they need to fill in space, where they're like, we need to strengthen this area. Right. You know, this person's taking up a ton of our cap. Like from a right. financial standpoint, so it's impacting if you, other areas. If right. you can, yeah. If Absolutely. you can function without, like, if you can function without Khalil Mack, I mean, the Bears. The Bears were like, okay, we'll take him, right? The and Bears they were like, okay, we'll take him, and, and they, they gave up quite a bit, them. and they quite, and they gave up quite a bit, right, to yeah. get him. But to your point, right, they saw a need, they went and got somebody, and the Raiders said, we're not going to win anyway, and he's need. taking, he's going to take up all this cap, mm-hmm. so we might as well give him to somebody and get as much as we can while his price point is so high. Jeez, Raiders are a perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah right? You know what I mean? Amari Cooper is like another financial example. trade-offs. kind of like a... Yeah. Right. Like I, think, I think you'd be a great cap analyst. Like, if I was a head coach and then walked in my office and be like, yeah, we got to trade Cleo McElwain. <laughs> You're so funny. Pay science. him. Pay him. You know what I mean? Mike, same question to you, right? Why, why do you think that teams are so willing to... You know, because the cap situation is a perfect reason why. Yeah. Right, Tyron Matthew making a ton of money, been injured a lot. For a perfect example, or they don't want to pay a guy. Why? Why do you think that? Uh, why do you think teams are just kind of saying, "Eh, it's okay, you can go." Well, I think it has a couple reasons. I think we see it a lot more in the NBA too, yeah. where I think guys are just either unhappy mm-hmm. or unwilling to do or give their one hundred percent effort right. to where they are. Yeah. Because if say you are. Antonio Brown, say you're Le'Veon, say right. you're Amari or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Right. Um, if you don't want to be somewhere, say the Raiders suck, and right. you're like, I don't want to be here, right. and you're going to like half give your best ability right. the whole time, we mm-hmm. won't swear on this show right now, you're just going to half it all the time, right. then it's like, the team, then you're like, alright, I can get rid of you, get some picks for it, mm-hmm. and... Maybe next year we can get somebody that really wants to be here, Absolutely. can fit our scheme better Absolutely. than what we what than what you can do, right. and have a better success once you're gone. Absolutely, and I think that's probably a big reason. NBA kind of does it too, where they're like, "We love this guy, but he doesn't really. I want a guy who can shoot better than you, so right. we'll get rid of you, mm-hmm. get some cap and stuff, and then right. go find someone in free agency or something." So Absolutely. I think that's probably a big reason why. Right. I think another thing too that people need to realize and understand: the college game. It's is closing different. in on the NFL. And what I mean by that is this has been – we have never seen it to where young NFL players make such a difference for their organizations, right? Quentin Nelson, for instance, right, you, you know, the guard out of Notre Dame, made a huge difference for the Colts this year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, all-pro type of player. I think that teams are looking at the college game and looking at some of these players, especially teams that are picking at the high end of the draft, where they can go – I can get a guy for a fourth of the price under team control for four or five years and he's going to play just as productive or he will fit my team better mm-hmm. and I don't have to pay the superstar that much money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or we have somebody we've drafted to take that guy's position and I think that is a huge reason. That's why, like, you know, like Amir Abdullah was expendable this year, you know, because mm-hmm. Carrion Johnson came on like a bat out of hell. Exactly. You, you see certain guys where you go, okay, 
I'm drafting this. I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think that's the college game and the amount of ability that these rookies are coming in and the impact that they are having for their respective teams. I think it's a huge reason why some of these guys are getting let go and released and not wanting to pay mm-hmm. the big dollars for it. Um, okay, let's shift away from football now. We've kind of beat football to death. Let's shift over to the pro wrestling scene for a bit here. All right, so we have a big weekend. Now, I know we are probably asking yourselves, we didn't do a review of the NXT UK TakeOver. We tried, just didn't really fit in the biggest news of the of the weeks here. But if you haven't, we highly recommend the NXT UK Tag Team Final Match. Yep. That match was phenomenal. It opens the show. Be sure to definitely watch that. But... We are going to be talking NXT TakeOver Phoenix as well as the Royal Rumble. Now, before we give you guys our predictions, which we will in a second, biggest match you're looking forward to. Give me two matches and just a brief reason why for TakeOver and the Royal Rumble. What are you looking forward to most out of out of each one? Give me one match that you're both looking forward to. Em, I'm going to start with you. NXT TakeOver, what match are you looking forward to and why? Um, NXT TakeOver, I think I'm looking forward to Johnny Gargano's match. Um, right. I think that... Which is Ricochet for the NXT Ricochet. North American One, category. because I love Ricochet, and two, because I love Johnny Gargano. Right. I love them both as wrestlers, and I think there's potential for some interesting like storyline development there, and mm-hmm. there have been some rumors that I was recently informed by Little Birdie, a.k.a. The Mark Zone. The Mark Zone right over here. <laughs> yeah. The Mark Zone over here. Uh, that Johnny Gargano seems to be saying that this match is going to be going to be quite as hot as his match last year right. against Almas, which I loved that match last year. Yeah, so that was a fantastic It might have not been my first pick because I love the Undisputed Era too, but right. I think with some of these rumors going around, mm-hmm. I think it'll be mm-hmm. a okay. really good match. Royal Rumble match. What's your, what match are you looking forward to? AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, looking forward to the Rumble match itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got the... I want to like Rumble matches, but sometimes as the casual wrestling fan, they go on kind of long. Yeah, they're like, like an hour they're long. They're like an hour yeah. long. So yeah. sometimes I get like a little a little bit lost in those. Right. But I think probably the rumble the most. Yeah. I think like the end time. of the rumble, I'm just like really Absolutely. really it's interested to see who comes out of that one. Not the women's rumble. The f- men's not the women's rumble. Not okay. The women. okay. I like totally support like strong, independent, awesome female wrestlers. <laughs> like don't get me wrong, like I love the push that women are getting. Right. But sometimes I think some of like the wonky storylines and characters <laughs> they build up in the women's division are yeah. like Sometimes a little <laughs> offensive to me as a woman. And so that's all, all right. I'm going to say. Okay. And we're going to move on. All right, Mike. Okay, Mike. <laughs> that's you know, what, takes, t- NXT TakeOver, what match are you looking forward to? I'm most looking forward to, and I don't think this is going to catch you guys off guard. You guys aren't ready for this. All song. right, I'm ready. Tommaso Ciampa and Aleister Black for didn't the NXT Championship. Nope, didn't see that one coming. That's for sure. I love the work Aleister Black's been doing over the past couple months. And yep. Tommaso Ciampa as a heel champion, been is one, it's been one of my favorite things to watch in wrestling in yep. like the past decade. Like, okay. his work is so great. Absolutely. And so, everything about that feud mm-hmm. and this match, I'm very excited for. I kind of know the outcome, probably. Right. It's, I think it's one well, of the more predictable don't, don't, ones. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. We I'm got stuff later on. I, 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 I'm, not gonna, stuff. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah. that's probably the one I'm looking for. Absolutely. I'm, you know, you guys kind of took some good men. I'm going to look at the War Raiders versus the Undisputed Era for the tag titles. The Undisputed Era, their tag team run has been so phenomenal over the past year. You know, whether it's Roderick and Ra- and uh, and Kyle O'Reilly or with Fish or what have you, mm-hmm. I think that they've really been on fire. I'm a little annoyed that on the card Adam Cole is not on there because he's my boy, so that yeah. bugs me a little bit. But uh, looking at the card as a whole, which we'll kind of go with, that match has, pred- along with the War Raiders, formerly known as War Machine, going to be a great match. The Rumble... 
I'm looking forward to the. I'm looking forward to a couple. Of, the Oscar Becky Lynch match intrigues me a little bit, just because if Becky doesn't win, and is she going to go on the Rumble? Is she not going to go on the Rumble? I don't think you take it off Oscar so quickly. So that's a match definitely from the SmackDown side. I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, the WWE title match, obviously, and on Finn Balor Brock Lesnar too. Just from just, I just want to know how they're going to do it. I don't know what they're going to do if what if they're going to try to throw a swerve in there or whatever it's there's quite a few intriguing matches that we kind of probably already know the answer to but if they don't do it the way we all think they're going to do it, it could really make for an interesting card okay we're going to shift now um a little bit the royal rumble is one of the biggest shows of the year it's kind of the kickoff to wrestlemania here in a couple months but the past few years i feel like the rumble's lost a little bit of its luster uh, you know, guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, when they win, you think, okay, this is their crowning moment. They're going to go to WrestleMania. They're going to win the title. You know, we've had guys like John Cena win it over a really dilapidated roster. We've had guys like Batista or Triple H wins the WWE title somehow. We've had Roman Reigns win it to a chorus of massive amounts of booze. I mean, you've had situation. Randy Orton won it because everybody wanted to see Randy Orton win the championship again. Yawn. So, for me... I feel like the Rumble used to be a time where you either you took a guy who was on the precipice of becoming a top guy and it launches them, right? It launches them into the next level. Or you already have a top guy who then it tells you, okay, this is who we're going to go with at WrestleMania and you can kind of think, okay, this match is going to be awesome. And we'll get to our predictions in a second, but do you guys think that the Rumble has lost a little bit of its luster just based off the way that they booked the winners after the Rumble match? Uh, a little bit, especially in the last couple of years. It's yeah. been kind of... I just hate that the the thing they always say is yeah. they're going to main event WrestleMania. And that they're, and yeah, they're on fifth. I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone's main evented WrestleMania in like three years that's right. won the Rumble. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's been Roman Reigns right. main eventing the last five years. Yay. Right. Yeah. Love that. Right. But um, <laughs> I just think it's like it's stupid. Like, you're... You get a world championship match at WrestleMania, the pinnacle of all wrestling events. Right, absolutely. And you're supposed to be, it's like the big, you're supposed to main event. Yep. WrestleMania, the right. pinnacle, and you're on fourth. Right, or if yeah, you're exactly. Or a boat to the real, you're on first. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah, so it, it's, I, it's a little bit, kinda, yeah. It takes the luster away, yeah, right? Absolutely, it's exactly it what it does. Goes down. And what do you think? Do, do you think that the, the Rumble winners should be booked better going in and post-WrestleMania? Um, the WWE suffers from like overhyping syndrome, where they just oh, want yeah. everything to yeah. be like the every single deal. thing. Like the everything's deal. gonna, everything's the main event. And I'm right. like, I don't Absolutely. know if you know how wrestling cards work. Right. WWE, but usually yeah. there's like one main event. Yeah, it happens at the end. Of event. You can't have like yeah. seventeen. They, of them. they like to think that everything's the main event. Main event. So, and I think too, like if you don't think that your champion and the winner of your Royal Rumble can carry a main event match, then maybe you change how you're booking. Because if right. you don't Absolutely. think they're that interesting, then like. Yeah. Right, and, and for What's me... What's the damage? I get that The Undertaker has to come back from retirement every WrestleMania Damn. for some Taking random some shots. reason. Taking but... some shots at some big names today. Antonio Brown, now The Undertaker. Woof. Who hot takes. Hot, hot takes. But oh, I agree got, with you, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? But, so, I think that... I think you're absolutely right. And I think another reason why... You know, the Rumble, the Rumble winners too, right? Like, I know, like, Orton won it a couple years ago and he won the title from Bray Wyatt, right? But, like, overall, it was a terrible Wyatt. match. But the point being, I feel like when, <laughs> when you win the Royal Rumble, there, it's such a, it's such an important thing in the history of the WWE. I almost feel like, why have the guy win the Rumble if he's not going to win the title? 
for me. Kind I never, of. I've never truly understood. And there's rare instances where, like, if you have a guy like I don't know, like Randy Orton, for instance, if he won the Rumble this year, I'd be really pissed off if he beat Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Yeah. But a guy like Shinsuke last year, where AJ was champion for a while and was on that precipice of kind of like, okay, we're gonna make this, new, we're gonna make a guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's gonna win the Royal Rumble. He's gonna go to WrestleMania. They're gonna have a great match at Mania, yeah. and he's gonna win the championship. And we're gonna go with him. But instead, you cut the knees out from under him before they could get going, and the whole feud was screwed. I, I think, I mean, you can't have it every single time because it's... No. Just, but, like, I get what you mean, though. Yeah. Like, if he's on that uprising push... Right. And, and, then you and, just, like, and you feel it, a you current just... of people behind. Like, if you're going to go with a guy and have him win the Rumble, you obviously have to have some sort of belief that he can carry the title, mm-hmm. right? And the title doesn't mean as much as it used to anyway. Clearly, Jinder Mahal, Exhibit A, you know. But the point being, if you think he can carry the... Ch- if he can win the Rumble and he can be in a cop match at WrestleMania... Why? Why not give him the championship? Doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I digress. Okay, predictions. Mike, give us the NXT Takeover Phoenix card, okay. and then go ahead. We'll start. We'll give me your prediction, okay. and then we'll go M, and then we'll go me every match, and then we'll do the same thing with the Royal Rumble up until the Royal Rumble match itself, which we'll all kind of give our take on yeah, who's going to win that's the Rumble. Cool. Alright, so the first match, I'm just going to go in order yeah. here, is Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono, singles match, no championships. Yep. I personally have Matt Riddle. Yep. I don't see why Cassius would win. Um, Probably Matt. I mean, yeah, it's Matt. It's, yeah, Cassius I, is just like kind of anticlimactic. He's like a trainer him. who's still on the roster. Kind of how I see Cash. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he, yeah. he he could have been he could have been great. But continue. So we got Ricochet, who is the NXT North American Championship, putting his title on the line against Johnny Gargano. I have Ricochet winning this match. I don't see him losing it, and Gargano's probably going to challenge Champa. Champa later yeah. on. Yeah. So what do you think, him? Yeah. Same I, thing? Uh, I hate, reasons. Uh, I hate going second sometimes. I feel like I sound like I'm copying everyone, but no. Yeah, but we're all, we're all kind of in agreement. Yeah, I, think. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I think Ricochet wins. And I Johnny Gargano dying. A hell of a ma- I think it's a hell of a match. I think for some reason there's some interference in this match. I do too. Too. I think it's some interference. I have a theory for the, yep. for the main event, but. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So I got the Undisputed Era, who is. It says Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, but I feel like Bobby Fish could slide in if he right. wanted to because yeah. of the Three Bird World. Yep. Versus the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe. Yeah. I have Undisputed Era winning because I just don't see them dropping the titles. Mm-hmm. They're hot. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the Undisputed. I mean, the Undisputed yeah. Era is another one of one of my groups. Yeah. So like, yeah. I want them to win. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'd probably. I'd also probably agree with both of you and say the Undisputed Era, just because I'm a fan more than anything. So sometimes my fandom gets in my in my. In my, in my judgment a little bit, but I, I, I think that, that here, I don't think the War Raiders are over enough for me to care about them yet. So, Not yet. I think, so I think, I think it's it coming. I think it's coming pretty quickly here, like but okay, Warriors, let's, but... yeah, keep going. All right, uh, we got Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Baylor for the NXT Women's Championship. I think we're all in agreement that Shayna wins this one. I don't know, actually. Really? This I've, is like I've... the one that if you're going to do something, Shayna yeah. hasn't even been on NXT TV in yeah. two months. So I think and the, Bianca's yeah. been there. The only way Bianca I think wins this match is if all the all of them are going to the main roster. I agree with that. It, and all I think three. It, I think there's Shana, rumors that they're going to yeah. try to do something yeah. with that. But I I think here I think it's really quickly. I think it's really quick to give the uh, Bianca the shot maybe uh, being champion. But, I could be wrong. I have Shayna winning. Amber, who do you got? Shayna, as yeah. much as I 
don't want it. To. My dislike of people. Both, both of these, for me, I'm just kind of like, meh. It's that's the match I'm going to go to. No offense, it's just is. Are we going to break her arm you going again Bianca for 20 minutes? You going, you going Shayna? I'm going to go Bianca okay. just to change it up a little bit. We're not keeping right. super score here. It's not right. Like, All right. So go so ahead. We'll go give me, Bianca. give me the main and event. And the main event is Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black for the NXT Championship. I have Tommaso Ciampa, and an interesting theory I have that I think Johnny Gargano loses earlier in the night right. and then costs Aleister Black the match right. because then I think he's going to be like, no, if anyone's going to be Ciampa, it's going to be me because right. that's kind of the story that they're you. doing. Right, that works. So I think Chima- yeah. Tommaso wins with the help from Johnny. All right, what are you thinking? Mm, I definitely think Ciampa's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. an interesting theory. I that think it's very plausible. very plausible. I think that's a plausible theory, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I just don't see Alistair. I mean, like yeah, Alistair Black. Well, he was already champion at one point. Yeah. They usually don't do two-time yeah. NXT champions very often, and I don't. There's if, really no point for Alistair. If he wins, the only it, problem with this NXT card is I feel like there's a lot of things where you just kind of like I feel like it's just there, and they're going to be great matches, I'm sure, yeah. but they're just there to be there and setting up. It's a setup show for me. Yeah, WrestleMania's weekend. You know what I mean? It's kind of WrestleMania's is gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. All right, let's go ahead. Go to the Rumble. So we're gonna head over to the Rumble now. So we're gonna start with the least interesting and go upwards. So the least interesting. I mean, that's kind of how it's get the stack right now. So we're gonna have Rusev, who is the United States Championship, putting his title online against Shinsuke Nakamura. I have Rusev winning because I don't see him losing the title. Right. He just won. Go ahead. Probably Rusev. I don't ever really understand why Rusev is as over as he is. Yeah, but, it is what it is. But, yeah. yeah, I'm going Shinsuke. I think he wins the belt back. I think just as a shocker. Okay, I yeah. mean, I can yeah. see it. They have to change titles somehow. Yeah, right. you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so next match, I have The Bar, Cesaro, and Sheamus versus The Miz and Shane McMahon for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I could weirdly see The Miz and Shane McMahon winning this. Yep, I think that's how the storyline's going. Yep, I think Miz. Yep, Miz and, and The Bar Shane. hasn't done anything, so I can see that happening. Miz and Shane? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go Miz and Shane. Okay. All right. Uh, Miz has been annoying. The we got Ronda Rousey uh, defending her Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. Match Rousey. I'm very much looking forward to, by the way. It's going to be Rousey. But I think it's going to be Rousey. Yeah. 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 She was great to see. It's going to be. I, I have a feeling that it's to Sasha's going to and Bailey going to play a big role in the women's tag titles. Yeah. So, so that's I, kinda... I see Rousey. Yep. Right. Um, Asuka and Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Asuka. 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 Yep. Sounds about right. Uh, singles match for the WWE Championship: Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Okay. I had to take a pause. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I All find right. it weird that he's like. AJ's not gonna. AJ's wrestling. not gonna win the belt. Back All right, match you guys probably forgot about: Fatal Four Way match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Oh, Akira great. Tozawa, Hideo Itami, Kalisto, and snoring. the champion Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Not even, it's not even hard. I don't even like. I had to think about who those people were, yeah. so yeah. I'm gonna go just, with whoever. Yeah, just go with champ at that champ, point. Yeah. yeah. So Buddy Murphy, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we have the champion Brock Lesnar versus challenger Finn Balor for the Universal Championship. Brock. It's not even close. Brock. I'm pretty sure Brock. With his but weird I hope Finn comes out in demon form. That's right. all I care about. Okay. Yes. So women's Royal Rumble match. Ugh. I'm not gonna announce everybody because yeah, almost no, no, no. every woman yeah. woman on the roster is gonna be in the match. Mm-hmm. So. Who do you guys got? Uh, I'm gonna say, Jesus, oh, this is tough. All right, give me. I'm gonna say. Just give me one. I'm gonna say Charlotte. Okay. I was gonna say Charlotte. Say Charlotte. Charlotte. She's my girl. I have. She's a babe. Listen Becky. to this. I'm gonna pick Becky only because I think 
The man. She, the man is going <laughs> to lose to Asuka, but she's going to go in and win the Rumble. Gotcha. As a surprise okay. thing. Yeah. yeah so that that'll be sense. cool. Uh, so now we're going to go to the men's Rumble. Not everybody's in the men's Rumble, but mm-hmm. a lot of people are in the men's Rumble. Exactly 30 of them will be in it. <laughs> Who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre wins. I, I love Drew McIntyre, first off. He's one of my absolute favorites. I've loved him ever since he debuted 10 years ago with William Regal as some young little punk dude. Um, I think he wins, and I think he should go over to... I, I think two, either one, he goes over to SmackDown, and there should be a triple threat between AJ and Daniel Bryan like we talked about in the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. or B, he faces Brock and beats the living crap out of Brock Lesnar for seven minutes and wins the title. Cool. Either way, I, I really like Drew McIntyre. Love that. I have, I have I have Mr. Rollins, Mr. Seth. Yeah. Seth Rollins winning. I uh, go gonna burn down a little bit. So, <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. I also have Seth Rollins winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. see He's my it. other one. It's yeah. one of those two. For yeah. Me, Looking personally. down the card, I mean, the only, I mean, Andrade C and Elmas could. Uh, right. And Samoa Joe could, but I don't yeah. think either one of them will. I think yeah. it's one of the two. Oh, not Samoa Joe. Said. He's so boring. Unless there's yeah, a very surprise entrant that could come make a win, but I don't see anybody that no. could. So I'm going to go with one of those two, but my pick will be Rollins. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Now, before we hit our last topic of the day, because this one kind of threw a curveball at us, we're going to take a quick break to remind you once again to find us and follow us on all of our social media accounts. So we will be right back. Hey, guys. This is Emily the Brain just popping in to remind you in case we... Haven't said it enough yet that we are now live on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, and a ton of other streaming services. So anywhere you find your usual podcast, you should be able to find us. Uh, please check it out and give it a listen. Okay, and we're back. All right, last topic of the day. We're going to be real quick hits about it. U of M basketball finally lost. I can't believe it. We had a whole topic talking about how they're going to be the number one team in the country, and then they blew it. Okay, <laughs> they lose to Wisconsin. You know, it's, it is what it is. Does it matter? Does it matter that they lost at all? Because personally for me, I go, I'm okay with that because this is still a good basketball team, mm-hmm. and I don't think the number one ranking means as much earlier on. I think they're still good. I'd rather them lose now than lose – in March early. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? Realistically, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you lost to Wisconsin on the road, and you're 5-14 yeah. and 14 against Wisconsin. Right. So, like, it is I, what I it mean, is. it's one of those, it's like Northwestern or like Michigan State. If you lose to them, yeah. it's like they're good. So yeah. it's not like, it's not like you lost like Illinois right. or something. Absolutely. So I'm cool. I mean, I, I'd rather them go undefeated, obviously. But if you're going to lose a couple, lose to like Wisconsin right. Michigan State instead of Illinois and Rutgers. Right. Yeah, that's, I, I definitely agree with you. And what do you think? Does it matter at all? No. <laughs> oh, that's the great deep analysis there. You're right, though. It really, honestly, it doesn't really matter. It's one of those things. Every team's going to lose. I'd rather them lose now than lose later on, like I said earlier. Um, expectations, though, for the rest of the year. I know we kind of all – we've talked about this a little bit, but, I mean, a Big Ten championship I really want in a Big Ten tournament win is what I want for Michigan and that you know what I mean to end mm. their regular season yeah. and then I need a final four run if nothing else this year for Michigan what do you get what do you think I agree wholeheartedly with that I yeah. expect a top at least being a top 3 seed in mm-hmm. the tournament right I mean if you're not a top 3 seed then that's kind of a disappointment I would Absolutely. say for especially mm-hmm. how you started the season right but I agree I want if nothing else the big tent tournament yep. because if somehow state can like somehow's a better record yeah, like that better last record year than you know, right, and a three peat's a big deal. Three yeah. three times a in a row. A three peat in the Big Ten tournament plus yeah. going to the Final Four again. And then 
I mean, I would absolutely love, right. and we're going to talk about it, I guess, for a second, yeah. is a national title run. Yep. And I could see it because this team is very good. Right. But if nothing else, I want to see a Final Four run also. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, do you kind of, are you kind of in agreement with there? Yeah. I work with a bunch of people who went to U of M, so kind this topic yeah. this topic is just like a little overdone. <laughs> yeah, you can't say something too degraded because they go into work and they're like, how could you say that? I totally agree. Is it, <laughs> here's the thing, though. is it uh, For me, I think a, a Final Four run is what I expect, right. but I think now they need to win a national championship. Yeah. I really do. Is it national championship or bust? They've been there a couple times now under Beeline. I really think a national championship is the next step to really take Michigan from a really, really good program to a top program in the country. I think it's I mean it's at least you have to get there yeah I think this year next year you have to win it though because yeah. I think you guys are in prime position absolutely you have guys and beeline's a great coach you have to you have to win it all right this year or next year just right. do it just do it same just thing do, it. Um, do you I think do you 90. think it's got to be the yeah. national do you think it's got to be the national title or do you think that they can make this final four and people be happy with it? no just win the dang national title what's the <laughs> What's the point of making it to the Final Four if you're not going to win the the, I I agree, but uh, some people would say, you know, like a lot of Michigan fans for football fans would say, as long as we make it to the college football playoff, they'd be happy with that, right? I I mean, I think that's a little... That's what everyone says until you make it there, and then they're disappointed when you lose. I agree, but those are the expectations, right? You know what I mean? So, all right, so I guess we're saying National Championship, Michigan, so we need the ship is what we're telling you. All right, guys, that is going to be it (laughs) for this episode of I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Please find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. That's right. We are everywhere. We will see you guys, as always, next week.